I do, and we won. This is TFG Unbuttoned. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash, an off-the-cuff take on politics, pop culture, and current events. Hello, everybody. Tim Bennett here, as always, with my good friend and co-host, Mr. John Nash. Welcome to TFG Unbuttoned. It's our Tuesday podcast. And uh, as we march our way toward the month or, or through the month of August, we want to thank you all for joining us here every Tuesday. Be sure to also find our show, The Focus Group, with Tim Bennett and John Nash, which is on every Wednesdays at 1 p.m. East. Find our streams and our live streams and our our Download later streams and all the other things that you talk about at our media platforms at focusgroupradio.com. So how are you, Mr. Nash? Doing good. Doing good. Getting ready to um, head out to uh, California, which will be the first time we're stepping on a plane since, uh, I think, sometime in 2019. <laughs> wow. So you're, 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 uh, you're, uh, are you heading west, heading east, heading north, south? Heading out to uh, San Diego for a, a wedding which we've been looking forward to. I think, though, you know, when all the plans were made a while ago and all the excitement of it's going to be August of 2021, you know, we'll be free and clear of this whole thing. Um, of course, we now have, you know, the Delta variant and all this other stuff going on, but I'm not really worried about flying. I haven't heard much about flying except all the bad behavior of people, not necessarily people getting sick. <laughs> now, did, these, did these folks postpone their wedding to, because of, uh, were they going to get married last year, but did delayed it due to the event or? No, but they did pick a date that they thought was far enough into the new year that that would be safe. And, um, you know, so all precautions are being taken out there. It's an indoor outdoor thing, you know, and the, you know, the weather in San Diego is gorgeous. It could be 80 during the day, 65 at night. So I imagine that, you know, everything's going to be like patios and, you know, that kind of thing. So we're going to do, we're also going to spend some time out there afterwards because I have not been since 2009, I think was my last time in San Diego. And so we want to do the, the zoo, the aquarium. And of course, uh, one thing everybody keeps mentioning is to have brunch at the, uh, the Del Coronado, which was that Victorian hotel that was the backdrop for Some Like It Hot with uh, Jack Lemon and Tony Curtis. <laughs> have you ever been there? No. Oh, I, I okay. I, I've been there. I'll be curious to see what you think. I um I I've not been to San Diego in quite a while. I know you used to have clients out there when you had your your agency and you yes we did yeah and, and um yeah near Grand Torrey Pines and that, that whole area there. I haven't, but I haven't. Uh, gosh, I, I was trying to think. I haven't been out there in quite a while. Most of my travel would just take me to L.A. and not not San Diego. But uh, and that's would you uh, are you going to rent a car? Oh, yeah, yeah. We're doing an Airbnb. We rented a car. Um, the Interestingly, the Airbnb that we are staying in, really nice. It's like a roof deck kind of property. Doesn't have air conditioning. We worried about that. But when you look at the weather, you know, there's not really any humidity. So it's, uh, you know, 80 during the day and 60 something at night, which is perfect sleeping weather. Um, yeah, so we plan to, for the wedding, I think we'll probably do an Uber back and forth from the hotel where the wedding is at. But the rest of the time we have a car. And we thought we'd do touristy things in the morning and um, beach in the afternoon. You're going to take a jaunt out to the springs or is it too far away? Oh, that's that's at least uh, two or three hours away from uh, from San Diego. Oh, it's equidist- it? It's, it may be it's almost equidistant from Los Angeles. So I forget how long the drive is from L.A. Is that like two hours? Yes, yeah, so I only thought it was maybe 90 minutes or something. I didn't think it was that far. I thought, in it, you know, if you got bored, maybe you would head out to the springs and see what's happening. 
Well, there's plenty to do in San Diego. And as I yeah. said, I haven't seen it in a long time. And, and we've gotten a lot of recommendations for things to do. So I think it's going to be a fun little break. Um, and it will be interesting to see how all the, the flying goes. Get the fish tacos. <laughs> Get the fish tacos. Get your fish tacos. There you go. Now, where they invented them? Somebody said, I think they invented fish tacos in San Diego. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I would believe it. I'd believe I think it. So. so we have uh, we have three stories today. And... Uh, and as I said, thanks for joining us here on, on TFG Unbutton. And thanks to our friends at Critics' Choice Video. When you go to our website, which is focusgroupradio.com, you can click on our sponsors over there. And thanks for supporting them. Our, uh, our first story today is, uh, this one popped out at us. It's, uh, it says, more than 90% of the LGBTQ uh, U.S. adults have received the COVID-19 vaccine. And I read this because an awful lot of people, you know, we've got a lot of spreadnecks in this country, which I heard, which I love the word spreadneck. Have you heard that one? <laughs> I've heard it. Yes. And it took me a second and I was like, oh, I get it. <laughs> so Patrick is one of our listeners um, uh, here in uh, here in Delaware. He had he had mentioned that word to me and I just laughed out loud and uh, I haven't heard it used too much, but I thought it was the perfect word. But uh, they were talking about the number of people in different populations. So community marketing, which is a, a, a research firm, had looked at the LGBTQ population and saw that um, what their level of vaccination was compared to the general population, which I was pleasantly surprised to find out that it said 90% of the LGBTQ population of the adults have been, have been vaccinated, which I thought was um, fantastic of this finding that they did when they surveyed adults in May and June, and uh, as compared to the general population. And they said they believe it was because of uh, being liberal, living in blue states, and living in urban areas. And I thought to myself, is it because of believing in science and being educated? But I, I assume that probably goes along with being liberal and living in a blue state. But um, so I thought that was pretty cool. And then they also um, talked about different, they, they broke it down to different nationalities. And for instance, in the African-American community, in the general population, only 38% of the populations have been vaccinated as compared to the LGBTQ community, where 85% of the black community has been vaccinated. So cheers to, uh, to the LGBTQ folks who are uh, listening to science <laughs> and knowing well, you that know, vaccines there, work. There was one paragraph that really stuck out of this study. And as Tim said, it came from Community Marketing and Insights. And we actually know the, the guys out there because they mentioned David Paisley, who was their senior director of research we worked with before. He says in one paragraph, isolation and social distancing during COVID-19 related lockdowns has also negatively impacted the mental health of LGBTQ plus people, which may have motivated quick vaccination to reenter the community. If I were to look at any, so that was the one thing that stuck out to me, plus the other statistic you pulled, which was the comparisons to the different uh, subsections of the LGBTQ plus community, including uh, the African-American segment and other groups uh, and Asians, uh, you know, the there they were super high on the uh, on the scale. But that one paragraph about the negative impact of the lockdown and, and of the lack of being able to socialize, I think for me and you and I are research guys that to me explains it. I mean, I, I do think that we're science motivated or, we, you know, we're, we're paying attention, et cetera. But 
if someone said your ticket to actually seeing folks again, <laughs> does that make sense to you? No, I, I thought, thought it was I, really insightful. Yeah. No, I thought you're exactly right. I mean, I thought that was another thing as well as to say that it, it, getting back amongst friends, seeing family again, getting out and, and socializing, going to theater, going to restaurants and, um, and getting back out into, uh, into the, into public, I thought was important too. But I also felt it, it really was also about, um, I mean, everybody I know, that's why I, I, I am baffled. And I, I've said this before. I have no sympathy for these morons that didn't get vaccinated and now are on their deathbed crying. I have no sympathy at all. And if you did not want to, everybody we know was trying their hardest to get the vaccine when it was available. Yeah, that's true. I don't know anybody that didn't want to get it. Everybody we know was trying. You're working computers. You were calling different pharmacies you were trying to get it for your parents everybody was it was a group effort hey did you hear and and letting each other know you and i were doing it ourselves i was trying to find places for you and bob in new york while i was down in philly so we were all working with one another to try to find places where you could could get the shot so you know these morons who who decided not to do it when it was available and now are crying on their deathbed that's called tough shit so anyway that's my I got I'll, I'll. <laughs> as we've heard before. Yeah. There's... <laughs> so thank you. Thank you to the LGBTQ community for proving that, uh, that, uh, you know, smarts do exist. I did like the, I did like the first line where it said, so, you know, what queer, they, I, I don't like the use of queer, but queer people are sometimes stereotyped as bad driving and bad at math. Well, <laughs> we're pretty good at getting vaccinated, which I, I thought was pretty funny. I didn't, I never heard the bad driving and bad at math. Yeah. <laughs> It's just a stereotype. Yeah, stereotype. The uh, the second story here, Rachel Maddow. I was surprised when this popped up. Rachel Maddow is thinking about leaving MSNBC and starting her own media venture. And John, I immediately thought to myself, is that where we're going? I thought maybe you and I would head over to the new Rachel Maddow media venture. Their platform. We know folks that know her. So, you know, right. it could be possible. My takeaway here was interesting. Um you know, she's in contract negotiations with NBC Universal. Her agent and she claims they're going very well. They have a good relationship. But I think further down in the article, there was an allusion to the fact that her nightly show is a lot of work and she puts in a lot of work herself leading up to that broadcast. So I, th- I wonder if this, because as Tim said, there's a possibility she's going to go to a subscription model and maybe she'll be more like John Oliver, where she does one show a week, which is a lot different to prep for than. A daily show and you and i know that daily is really hard <laughs> right right she's she's the highest rated show on msnbc and so the fact that they would let her go would be a surprising because you usually don't let your highest rated show go unless they could not come to some sort of agreement the other thing is as john mentioned we know somebody that knows her quite well and he would be on set and watch her and said that between commercial breaks she was such a kind of perfectionist that he would say they'd go to commercial and where most people when they would go to commercial on a tv show would kind of take a breather maybe get their makeup touched up have a drink of something they said she would immediately get on her computer and rewrite a script or rewrite something and get it back into the teleprompter before they came back live again on air yeah which is unbelievable anybody who's done this and knows what that would take to immediately go to break and have 90 seconds or two minutes to rewrite part of a script or an opening or change something that's already been loaded into a teleprompter, retype it, get it loaded in and back up so that when you go live, you, you're ready to do it is unheard of. But they said that's she does that a lot in between breaks. So as John yeah, says, she it's, doesn't, it's, a, it's a grind. 
Yeah, she doesn't necessarily like look up and acknowledge the audience when she had a live studio when she would pre when she would record, you know, the Rachel Maddow show. Um, the break was just her opportunity to keep thinking through something and to polish a piece that she'd already done. <laughs> so she's a hard worker, and um, we'll see what happens. This is once again, though, this splintering of media. So she starts her own thing. That's that's now you have to find her somewhere, subscribe to her the whole bit. And it's not a guaranteed income for her. But the gamble would be if she did do a subscription service and people were paying to see her on a monthly or weekly basis, she may end up doing better than she would have done on contract. Yeah, I I think a lot of it's probably cage rattling. Anybody who remembers when Howard Stern went from terrestrial radio over to Sirius XM and every time his contract comes up, he rattles the cage and oh, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? And he ends up staying at Sirius XM. They give him another 500 million shares, which at that time was worth about 50 cents. But um, <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, they would remember they would, you know, he would make the big, big show. I'm going to leave. I'm you know, keep you on pins and needles. And uh, he ends up not leaving. But I would be surprised if she left because she really is. They say she draws the largest audience. I, you know, she's up against um, the Cuomo, Cuomo guy on CNN at nine o'clock, at least on the East Coast, which, um, you know, he's been awful quiet or been off the air now because of your governor. Were you surprised the governor decided on a sidebar? Were you surprised he resigned? Um, the speed of it, yes. Uh, although a lot of pundits had already claimed that, the, that he only had one of two choices, go through the impeachment process or step away from the office, um, which he did. And... Uh, I guess it was inevitable. But, you know, if this question had been asked maybe three months ago or four months ago, maybe even a little longer, or when this all when the allegations began, when they appointed the commission or the attorney general to look into it, New Yorkers still very much favored him staying in office. They, they wanted a, an investigation to happen, but they were also, you know, we liked the guy we wanted to stay. And it was in the high 50s or 60 percent. The, the floor for that, though, dropped precipitously. Uh, in fact, it just caved in after the report came out and all the allegations were more thoroughly detailed. Support for him staying in office dropped into like the 30s. And a politician just can't, you know, sustain that if it's like a 30, 29 percent or 32, whatever. So I think he made the right decision. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it's an interesting end to a political dynasty. Right. Let's put it that way, right? <laughs> are, you, are you following the uh, Alfonso David, who's the the head of the HRC? Now they're all calling for him to resign because he used to be part of the Cuomo administration. But now you know now they're all all spinning everything up. I, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. But that was one to follow. That I didn't know if that was going to uh, transpire or not. Have you been following that at all? Maybe we'll include. I have, I have, and and I think that his involvement with the administration is going to be shown to not be as relevant as there was a there was a woman who um who also was part of that she got swept up in it. i think the organization was times up or something it was right. it, um she did resign her position because she actually helped draft a letter that was a pushback to some of the accusations that uh, some of the women had made coming forward and that seemed to be the appropriate thing but he's They've hired an HRC's hired an external law firm to do interviews of him and some other people, and they're going to weigh in and say what whether what should happen. But it 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 becomes a distraction, and I don't mean to knock on it, but you know HRC's entire thing seems to have changed a great deal, right? I mean, when I was reading about it, you know, they they really talked about the communities that they're focusing on and serving, and 
nominally LGBT or LGB, but more importantly, they're really focusing on some of the bigger issues that are facing the community and it could be trans rights, et cetera. So it's just one of those things that, you know, that, you know, you and I might, we pay attention to it because we, we see it in the news, but I, I would not have sought out that information had I not seen it pop up about him. Right. No, you're exactly right. They seem to have, have been, um, I don't want to say not as relevant, but the, you're right. I think a lot of those organizations are struggling with mission lately and, uh, we'll see what happens. But, uh, I saw he got swept up in it. Yeah. The, um, and our final story here, I, I was, uh, kind of surprised by this one, maybe not surprised, but the headline is Billie Jean King reveals she's gotten married in private after hesitating for years. And, uh, so the sub headline is, although she helped uh, to advance LGBTQ rights for decades and fought for marriage equality for years. Billie Jean King resisted marriage herself. She even turned down an offer from Elton John to sing at her wedding, and she didn't even do it after John McEnroe pushed her to do it in Vegas. And she said that um, one of her big problems with not getting married, even though she was in a relationship for 42 years, was that she had a big problem with trusting. And I, th- I thought to myself, after 42 years, you still have a problem with trust? <laughs> but, you know, you picked up the same thing I did. I'm like, which, wait a minute. Which I think, yeah, which I think is odd. But um, were you super, so she apparently, she told People Magazine, I guess she has a new book coming out. So this is probably part of the, part of the, uh, the oh, it the, is, the, yeah. The tease yeah. for the book tour. But were you surprised that she, um, she uh, had not been married or that, or that she got married very quietly, I guess, three years ago? I was thrilled with this story. I just was thrilled with it. Um, because she did, well, she did what Bob and I did. She basically went to city hall, was very small. Um, it was very casual and it wasn't like, you know, over the top stuff. Um, I was surprised, but again, she, she frames it completely as a very private thing. She she considered herself married to her partner, um, Alana of all those years because they had been together that long. And so this was this, and that the reason that she did it was to, she would not have wanted to have, um, you know, bowed out, so to speak. And someone said, well, weren't you guys married or something? So she did it more to kind of like put a bow on it, I suppose. But um, yeah, I was, I, I thought it was kind of cool, actually. And and the way they, they dressed, for, I think she wore some kind of a tracksuit with a bow tie and pearls or something. Did I read that? Well, that's what she's always in, right? She's always in some yeah. sort of sweats and, but, and she put a, you know, put pearls on to class it up, she said. But, uh, you know, she said she wanted to make it, um, you know, I guess it was important to Alana and, uh, you know, similar again to your story with Bob, right? Because you were not, you were somewhere in that same camp of saying you would, you felt your relationship with Bob, you'd been together 30 years and so, and you always felt like you were married and you'd done all the legal things because you'd done it way before it was legal to be married and you guys legally were, were attached, right? Yeah. And, um, and, but this, this made it, um, I guess a formal, um, you know, she said we had the piece, we, you know, we didn't have the piece of paper, but this formalized it and made it uh, and, and showed the world, I guess, that in fact, they had this relationship. <laughs> and then Billie Jean said that um, in, in the book All In, which is this, this where this comes from, her new book, she said, years from now, I never want anyone to question how much I was committed to you, her partner. And for, um, you know, for Kloss, the partner, she said, uh, this was something they could have just, they could have just between them. So much of our life has been public. Keeping this private was something special we could hold on to just for us. So I thought that was, that played very well into the fact that they are public personalities. They're out there all the time. 
And, and David Dink, former mayor of New York City, David Dinkins and his wife, Joyce, officiated the wedding and witnessed as well, which I think is really cool. Um, so it was just kind of a cool private thing. It was a little thing between them. And, you know, when Bob and I got married, everybody asked us, you know, are you going to do a party? And we would say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. We're doing a party in about eight months. And Yeah, you're talking, I'm, still, I'm still waiting for the invite. Yeah, so is everybody because the world moved on and everybody stopped thinking about it and no one worried about it. So. <laughs> She so did, there you go. Right. She she did say here too, though. She said we recognize that for so many people that had worked so hard to get the laws changed to give us the choice. Emotionally, we'd already arrived um, at this place where it become, and then it became important for us to formalize our love for each other. And so I, I you know, and so she's recognizing the fact that people did work hard for it. And uh, yep, because yep. I think so many people were at the same way and at the same place she was, and uh, and I appreciate it. And then she goes on later in the article, which I thought was interesting about how. It is very different now when people's people have evolved and people's relationships are evolved and are more fluid in their sexuality and and how you fall in love with somebody and how you change. Because she said she liked initially, she said she you know she was married to a man and she liked men, and then she all of a sudden was like, hey, I'm changing now. What's what's going on now? I I I like girls now, and uh, and she said whereas that was not you know somewhat probably taboo at the time when she was was growing up it's uh, much more accepted now and it's it's uh, a much we're much more healthy in terms of thoughts about sexuality now than we were in the past at least in some places in the country oh yeah no no this this was a terrific story and i think that they dealt with it beautifully and the sharing of it's great for her book and all the reasons and i think she just dotted all the i's and crossed all the t's in a really nice way so i i appreciate this one as well yeah, we want to thank you for uh, joining us here on uh, TFG Unbuttoned. Find our, our show, The Focus Group, on Wednesdays from 1 to 2 p.m. East. Of course, it's always available at focusgroupradio.com. And if you're going to watch it live, by all means, do that on Facebook Live or YouTube. And we want to also thank our partner here on TFG Unbuttoned, Critics' Choice Video. That's America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987. And you can get to their site by going to ours, again, focusgroupradio.com. So everybody... Thank you for tuning in, for subscribing, and for spending time with uh, me and Tim. And we will see you in the new week. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Available every Tuesday. Learn more about Tim and John, Unbuttoned, and all of the Focus Group platforms at focusgroupradio.com.